This is a honky tonk man, the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Hey everybody, this is Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. You are listening to... And you're listening to The Wrestler Review. Week two of Roddy Piper. Let's do cocaine. <laughs> and all wasn't invented yet. Ooh, yeah. Do those designer drugs, baby. Um, so the year is 1983 going to 1984. Vince McMahon tries to poach Roddy Piper from Jim Crockett. He says, I will continue. I will finish up my contract with Jim Crockett Promotions. Jim Crockett in the dumbest movies ever done went, well, you got to have to be a heel now. Because I don't want you getting any sweet love as a babyface. That'll really fuck up Vince McMahon, you dumb idiot. Yeah, I've just hi- I've just signed a wall who thinks he loves surfing named Hulk Hogan. Yeah, who he's clearly already going with. And nope, yep, now you're just set. And this is now you're handing him over the perfect villain for that. For a yeah. New York crowd, is a lippy, annoying asshole. Yeah, exactly. Who's gonna run around and just go? Venezuelans. Yeah, that was the fun thing where it's like uh, he says this in his first 1979 attempt there, or he's like, "I knew I'd get over it in New York because they got a lot of Puerto Ricans." <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just gonna call the Puerto Ricans who they are. Um, he comes in with a very interesting plan, and he's been very open with this was his plan, which was, "All right, well, I had worked out a new way of working." Which is, it used to be all in the ring, little bit of talking. Now what I'm going to do is all the talking, little bit of working. So he comes in as a manager for Dr. D, Dave Schultz. Ooh, baby. Slap Jim Stossel. Oh, the best. He, he Billy Jack Haynes, there's, no, there's got to be others, but they are the two best ones where it's like, shoot interviews. Let me tell you about Hulk Hogan. He one time fucked the devil. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing about David Schultz, though. He is out with the WWF. Like, they fucking hate him. And they've hated him since, for years. And it's like, he's one of those people where it's like, he doesn't realize that no matter what you do, you can kind of get back in. He was like, oh, I'm out. Okay, well, uh, Vince McMahon will have sex with black women, but he demands to call them the N-word. <laughs> Which is the only good thing about him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, I don't find bad. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, he, uh, and it's also, and the Ace Cowboy. Yeah. Bob Broken Hand Orton. Oh, my God. That broken arm, man. Three years. Three years. Great. And the thing about uh, Orton is he, if you look up on the original Starcade, he's also one of the heavies for Harley Race. So it's like he's got. The perfect dream team of people. And once again, this is before stables. So it's just, why are these guys hanging out? They're friends. They're friends because they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're bad guys. Well, it's, it's a point which was um, not all the baby faces were supposed to be friends, but all the friend, the heels are supposed to be pals. That was something that was talked about in the territories, that if you're a bad guy, all the bad guys are together. They're a gang. Yeah. Like, that's called the bad guys. Yeah, but the faces are all too noble to help each other. Yeah. They can figure it out. They'll just figure it out themselves. So he comes in as a manager because of injuries sustained in the... Basically, he worked that fucking chain match 15 times in a row. Yeah. And then turned heel, and he was like, 
I'm tired. Give me some time. Yeah. Um, and exactly what you're saying. Like, it's way more annoying to have a guy say he's a great wrestler and never do it, which leads us into the first Piper's pit. It's also, by the way, just to go to my point, of course, if you also have heavies, we are going, ah, well, you know, I would get in the ring, but instead Bob Orton's going to get in the ring and he's going to break your head down to Dave Schultz. He's invented a new type of pill. It, it It's where he takes cocaine and he freezes it. <laughs> <laughs> he invented the slushy. <laughs> uh, the first Piper's Pit is between him and a man named Frank Williams, who yes. is a, according to the great Ric Flair shoot interview by Kayfabe Commentaries, Timeline 1984, only Puerto Rican I know with freckles, which is a detail that Oh, that is, was Rod, Roddy Piper. Yeah. Utterly unnecessary that he points that out. Great. Uh, he, said because so. it was, he said that it was the first time he'd ever seen the man. Um, and he looks over at him and he didn't work anything out. And he even says it himself, he crossed the line because what he does is he just basically goes like, Oh, your name's Frankie Williams. You're a terrible wrestler. You're You've never won a match. You're a bad wrestler. And then attacks him. And it pissed him off so badly that Frankie Williams who is a jobber. Makes a comeback. like yeah. yeah, he makes a comeback to try and come back to try and save some of his heat. But here's the thing about Frankie Williams that I always noticed is here's how you can tell a guy's a jobber is that they have a singlet on, but they don't bother covering their nipples. <laughs> it's just this weird, like, whatever, fine. Yeah. What? I'm not making 75 bucks. You can see one of my nips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a sack of potatoes that someone threw hair at from a distance. Yeah. I'm mostly here because I got to pass the time before I sleep again. <laughs> But this is the favorite thing. This is a great thing. This is also the yeah. The thing with the Pirate Spits is they were very rote in this time, which was okay. Roddy and the person talk. Roddy either attacks the person or makes the other person attack him. They then storm off, and then Roddy yells something amazing at the camera. Because he, he had all these stock lines, like you were saying, from his drinking and driving. That's exactly where he got them. But the thing about the other places is that they don't really ask him to use many of those because it's mostly ring work so this is the first territory and he really does set the template like absolutely this is why these three years get their own episode essentially is because this dude set the template of how you get over a certain type of heel yeah, and the problem also with, the problem with it also is is that the amount of times they've tried to do it with anyone else it doesn't work yeah because they're not roddy piper like the yeah. reason why the piper's pit works is because it was rowdy roddy piper yeah in the same way that the tonight show will never be as cool and like old school show busy because it's not johnny carson it's a yeah. different thing yeah and they're all even if they're not they're still inadvertently attempting to replicate it that's why i find the highlight reel the most annoying because it's just like i this is not what i'm looking for from chris jericho he doesn't need we don't need these fucking talk shows or the fucking the the Ambrose Asylum. Like it's like no, just think of a different idea. They even did one with Flair. Flair for gold. They did one with fucking Shawn Michaels. Yeah, it's like unnecessary. I guess the only other one you can really say is the barber shop was great, just because of that one angle. Where I'm, I, you're Shawn. I'm Shawn. You're Marty. I, but no one then also talks about when Sid Vicious attacked the barber shop and then got covered in a bunch of powder and then just stood in front of a camera, camera covered in white powder going, I am the master and the ruler of the world. I am the master. He's great. That, but So the reason why this works is because it's essentially Roddy Piper doing a promo with someone else there. Yeah. And that you would think that 
would carry over to just Frankie Williams because he's a jobber. And honestly, it's a stroke of brilliance to kind of have a guy call a jobber on his shit. Yeah, it's the whole thing. It, that is great. Which he says is an unsung thing that you don't you don't kind of no. mention the elephant in the room. But the other thing is like, but that's what this is New York. And that's even what like everyone watching by the time the 80s roll around and wrestling is like this big people have figured out that there's guys who just don't win like there's the guy who like the classic joke of like there's the guy who comes out in all black with lightning bolts and a mask that's thunder death the wizard of the doom and his finishing move is the double choke slam and then like oh chris is in the ring what's his finishing move Honestly, he hasn't thought that out. Yeah. He's just still trying to work out a hammerlock. You know? Yeah. And in this corner, a man who thought he would be putting the ring together. <laughs> and that's the other thing with Piper, where it the classic thing where it's like, oh, he only even beat that jobber because he jumped him. And then his first match in the Fed is against Frank Williams in a tag match. And I mean, yeah, and it's built up a jobber as like a small feud. Yeah, it's fucking and then other things, which is then it goes to the the first, the big one. My favorite one is the Andre one. Yeah, everyone talks about the fucking the mist the the Mister Fuji. That's bad. Um, <laughs> the Jimmy <laughs> Snuka one. Who actually? The crazy thing is he got Mister Fuji a SAG card. You know that because he worked on the pilot with him and Jesse Ventura. Yep. He got Mister Fuji like he loved Mister Fuji, so he went for the Orient Express, and Mister Fuji. Yeah, he just got him a SAG card. Great. Only only in one thing filmed. It was a pilot that never made a TV. Mr. Fuji was part of the Screen Actors Guild, and he got those benefits because of the hot rod himself. Oh, well, you know. Because he never he never was like, uh, hey, Roddy. I'm not going to do the racist accent. Hey, Roddy, uh, I've got something warm for you in my pants. He never did that to him. And he was like, <laughs> it's so funny that, like, oh, By the way, Roddy Piper has, like, he'll mention he has, like, 25 close friends. And it's just like, wow, so everyone else... Showed him their dick. (laughs) (laughs) That means everyone else who's not his friend was like, I got a fat fucking pecker for you to suck on around. Well, there's three wrestlers. He's like, I think there's three wrestlers that have been in his house. Okay. I think it's Ric Flair, Mm -hmm. Sergeant Slaughter, and I can't remember the third one. Because Sergeant Slaughter got him into the Fed. Yeah, Sergeant Slaughter got him into the Fed and also is the like, he's the uncle for all of his kids. They call him Uncle Bob. One of the places where Sergeant Slaughter apparently hid out when they were trying to kill him. Because he was an Iraqi sympathizer, was Rowdy Roddy Piper's house. That's great. Because it's like people are trying to kill me. Oh, Uncle Bob, I know where you need to go. <laughs> Uncle Bob, you stole my fucking gimmick. Yeah. Oh, you're just pretending. I live it. <laughs> yeah. A couple of things you need to know, Uncle Bob. You can smoke inside, but any sort of cocaine use is done in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> With me, <laughs> I'm in the garage a lot. I tell her I'm working on a car, even though I took it apart a year ago. Um, oh, that's the other thing. Is- the- but let's Roddy Piper, all of his kids' births have been him being like there for the birth, and he's like, "Okay, bye." <laughs> Ric Flair's got a plane filled with blood. <laughs> I gotta drink the blood. It's also really scary because when his son got really o- got older, he would always be like, "Ah, oh, my son called on. He's my best friend." <laughs> he was like, oh, "So weird. It's your son." Yeah, I love you. <laughs> he says love with such a weight in the word like his podcast is weird to listen to because it's he's not a good interviewer or a good listener but you just listen to it like his asides and transitions of like oh yeah you were there that's good okay i got a gun like <laughs> well if anyone here is cool enough to have done some class a's past the point they're fun 
that's Roddy Piper's whole brain. <laughs> like the whole the time where you're just like you're doing maybe you're doing uh, maybe you're doing a bit of Sandy's, and uh, then you're like, "This is really fun. I'm having a really good conversation." And then there's that one moment where it's like, "I'm crying." There's no reason for it. That's Roddy Piper's whole life yeah. up until his passing. Yeah, this is a this is a man who lives on a fucking house on the top of a mountain. And doesn't seem to own a television, but does own an electric fucking bagpipe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, electric bagpipes. So um, so the Andre the Giant one is very interesting because it's Andre the Giant before he becomes a heel, okay. where he's this sort of nice, gentle giant who wins battle royals. Yeah. And Rowdy Piper just insults his body for so long that he gets up and, gr- and snatches him uh-huh. with such force it rips his... Like, he grabs him, lifts him up, rips his t-shirt off, and drops him. And... Because Roddy had such respect for, with Andre, he didn't stay down. He jumps back up and goes, Let me tell you what And then has the best line in the entire world, which is, You should never throw uh, rocks at a man who's holding a machine gun, which is just the most insane thing to just yell. And just goes, Ah! And then walks away. Yeah, because he's just a fucking psycho. That's why there's, la- it oddly, in like every other 80s character, is kind of pretty straight ahead. Like, um,. And that's why you see top guys, they have this weird second layer to them where it's like, Roddy Piper. Why is Roddy Piper's bad? Like I said, oh, because he wore a skirt, which at that time, I'm not saying this is okay, but people were like, dresses are for women. That's gay. You're bad. Mm -hmm. And then the second one is, he's a fucking nut and who's just a racist nut. Like, the... Roddy Piper's character is essentially modeled after, and I don't think it was a conscious effort on his part, but it's essentially, if you live in a big city, the guy who goes to the tourist area and just screams things about God. Uh, <laughs> that's Roddy Piper's character, essentially. And Whereas Hulk Hogan was like, I love America, but also surfs up. You know, yeah. So it's like nice surfer versus heretic. Couple um, of things. Hang 10, also. Respect. <laughs> uh, let me tell you, I don't do math. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> math made up by the Jews to control your mind. Um, the no. other thing that is slowly building up is they're, they're heading in. So 84 is basically he's doing the Piper's Pit things. He's in tag matches and then going to Madison Square Garden every once in a while. And yeah. just basically pointing in the crowd and being like, Puerto Rican bad, <laughs> Irishman drunk, <laughs> unsure. <laughs> I don't know what that mix is, but I hate it. Um, um, to the point, by the way, the NYPD went and warned the WWF that they had to do something about it uh, because it was becoming a problem similar to when Pedro Morales was the world champion and they had to take the belt off of him early because there was too many stand stabbings in Madison Square Garden. <laughs> yeah, there was one. There was one stabbing and, and they were like, well, I don't like the color. And, the, and the NYPD was like, no. <laughs> Well, like, and if you don't believe me, watch WrestleMania 1 and notice everyone else walks out and there's no police with them. And then when Roddy walks out, keep in mind, Mr. T doesn't have police protection. No. Rowdy walks out and there are cops lined up on the barricade. Yes. And the uh, so the thing was there was a big problem that Roddy saw where he was a manager and it's hard to take get a manager to be taken seriously. Even the Frankie Williams thing. Where he basically beats up Frankie Williams, throws him off screen, and then Frankie Williams is so mad. He from, comes back. He comes back and he hits him again and then throws him off, right? So there's this kind of weird thing where he's like, oh, I'm a manager. So the perception is that I'm not strong enough. I have to be strong to beat Hulk Hogan. And the thing is, this is where the 
thing with Andre the Giant, like the good relationship with Andre the Giant, comes really in. helps out. Because Andre the Giant at a show in Madison Square Garden, he's going one on one with Piper shortly after the Friendly Boy interview, and he does a stretcher job for Piper. Yeah, yeah, and that really helps him out. Like, of course, Andre comes back and uh, does whatever, but it's a one on one match with Piper, and he just attacks his eyes until he can't the giant see, and he goes to, down. Yeah, and no, it's, and that's the no one. And keep in mind. Andre the Giant hasn't left his feet in 10 years. Andre the Giant hasn't done a move that wasn't just, ha, 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 smash. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Andre the Giant, much like the big show, has two phases in his career. Holy shit, that big guy can do a drop kick? I don't move anymore. Yeah. <laughs> now I drink wine. <laughs> <laughs> this is also the great era of he's hanging a lot out with uh, Don Morocco and Cowboy Bob Orton. And yeah. when you thought the crimes in Georgia were bad... Get ready for national felonies. <laughs> for example, Roddy Piper had this thing where he would never check into hotels. He would just do it when he got there at the end of the night for like an hour before he went to the airport. And I believe it was either Dayton or Daytona. I think mm -hmm. it was Dayton. Him and Bob Orton and Don Morocco go to a um, Mexican restaurant. They drink all the tequila. Oh, then yeah. They drive to a gas station to get beer where in Roddy's own admission, well, oh, there was a construction worker in the gas station and he fell down. <laughs> 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 they then somehow, this is how the story is told and this is the logic. And then we're driving and somehow the car's on a train track. <laughs> <laughs> the train comes, they think it's going to hit the rental car. It doesn't. They try and pick up a car. That doesn't work. They somehow get back to the hotel. There's no explanation to this, which is, and for some reason, there's a lot of police at the hotel. <laughs> <laughs> and this fantastic. is happening on a regular basis. And then he comes in. Bob Orton is somehow now in the hotel naked, comes out and goes, you guys are making a lot of noise. They tase Bob Orton, and he's so fucked up it doesn't tase him, and he fights a cop naked. Vince, <laughs> Vince McMahon finally comes out, and he's like, what the fuck? And they're like, all right, we're getting one of these guys for something. And then the hotel is like, well, he's not checked in, so they arrest him for trespassing, and he spends the night in jail. Then that goes and is a national story mm -hmm. of wrestler arrested, but doesn't have the details of what. So now he's even more of a evil image compared to this sort of squeaky thing like good man hulk hogan and that keeps building and building and building and building then they introduce uh david wolf cindy lopper to the rock and roll wrestling connection rowdy piper walks out and attacks a woman he attacks cindy lopper yeah and knocks it down attacks david wolf fuck you that sends up wrestlemania just more on that though. Roddy Piper during this time is he's he's inundated the Piper's pit, and we got to talk about the most famous, like one of the most famous segments in wrestling history, which is the coconut Jimmy Snooker thing. Now let where me see how he much brings you know, out how much you know about it. What did he tell them to go get from the grocery store? Just bananas. He said, "Go get tropical fruit." Oh my god! And they w brought him bananas, mangoes, and a coconut. Yeah. And I can't. One of the agents, yeah, or it might have been Andre. Someone was like, "Hit him with the coconut," and then he was like, "What?" And he was like, "Hit him with the coconut." Now, if you know anything about coconuts, very hard fruit, yeah, which they did not gimmick. He just hit him with a coconut. <laughs> Well, that's the whole thing where it's like that's why he credits the coconut thing for working so well with all the beer bottle stuff because he knew where to hit a guy on the head where it would A, break, and B, like if it doesn't break, that's when it hurts. Yeah. So if you watch, what he says is um, 
Piper, or Snoka didn't know what he was going to get hit with. He just knew he was going to get hit with fruit. And the reason why, essentially, that he, you'll see he holds Snooka's hair. Yeah. Because it's like, you're not going in. Like, he's not going to hit him with it because by the time Snooka realized, oh, that's a fucking coconut. Like, he's <laughs> he just comes in, hits him with the coconut, and rears back, and it's so fast. Yeah. Like, it's so much faster than anything in wrestling. Like he throws, he fucking hits him with a fucking coconut. <laughs> he like he just like he hits him. Like it's not like um, he hits him with a coconut. You know what it's like? You know what it's like? It's like uh, the CM Punk Jeff Hardy microphone hit. There was that really great thing where yeah. Punk was constantly teasing. Like I'm not. Listen, I love you, Jeff. Like whatever. And then he hit him with a microphone, and it was like you. Obviously, it's a different era, so people knew what was coming. They just didn't know what was going to happen. And then when you hit him with the microphone, it was so fast. You know? Like, obviously not as fast as Piper, because I think Piper better athlete than CM Punk. But, um, yeah, he hits him. And the great thing about that segment is he's around. He starts whipping him after, obviously, just making a ton of racially charged remarks. Mm. And then uh, the great thing about it is Piper, chicken shit heel, realizes, like, oh, fuck, Snook is still fighting and just exits out the back door. And then everyone holds uh, Snooka. Back. No, it's much more than that. Okay. Snooka gets a massive concussion from being hit in the head and goes mm-hmm. into a blind rage because he is a murderer and has already <laughs> murdered a woman at this point. <laughs> Let's not forget that. <laughs> Let's not forget. Snooka then destroys the set. Yeah. Rowdy runs into the heel locker room. Okay. And you'll see when. If you watch the clip, Snooka then runs towards that door and tries to open it, mm-hmm. and it does that thing of someone's holding it on the other side, so he opens it, and then immediately it shuts again, like it's someone's holding on the other side, and that was Rowdy holding the fucking door Yeah, as all the other wrestlers are laughing. I'm like, let him in. Let him in. Let's see what happens. <laughs> I know I'm not letting him in. No, 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 no. Uh, Then what happened is for the next year, anytime he was at the same hotel as Jimmy Snooka, he had to just fight him. That's so good. He had to just fight Jimmy Snooker. Because Jimmy Snooker would have a beer and, oh, you think you're so tough? Yeah, I fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> you're fucking right. I do. You want to get Winnipeg? Uh, <laughs> just keeps yelling Welland and then fucks him up. <laughs> <laughs> but I, you could say, like, we should almost have our own episode just for the Piper's Pit because it's like one of the defining it's, segments. It was shown. They don't really show it anymore because Piper's dead. Yeah. But before that, it was always a like, and then this, because it also looks fucking amazing, because he's got, it's just beautifully framed, he rears back, and wackoo! Yeah. The one thing, though, is watching it, is, it is one of the longer Piper's pits of that era, where he builds up to it, because Snook is literally giving him fucking nothing. I'm a good wrestler. But that's what the best thing about Piper was, that's what you want, you want the showcase piece for Piper, because regularly regularly and this kind of plays into the fact that Roddy Piper didn't really have a finishing move until he was babyface but in 1998 you put a guy on TV and have a jobber and then he does his two cool moves and then his cool finish and that's how you get a guy over and they you know they would have insert promos or they wouldn't that's it but with this Piper thing it's like he's essentially crushing a guy just verbally so it's a new way like you said it's a completely new way to get someone over where he just insults them insults them insults them the audience at home is thinking like why isn't this guy saying something back or fucking fighting which also yes because he's also fast but yeah 
Yeah, exactly. I was about to say everything you just said. And he's unloading, and he's unloading all of these like cla- like this shit. He knows works from other promotions, which you don't really get to do anymore. And I'll say it again. I'll try and make this the last time I make the comparison. But like, it's like how the CM Punk oh here we go the title off of John Cena. That was just a thing they did in Ring of Honor. Yeah, it was the summer. It was yeah, they did summer, a shi- they did the exact thing, same thing with Summer of Punk. Yeah, they just did a shittier version of it in the Fed because the Summer of Punk they lasted let, a week. They let it. Well, they act. Yeah, they let him do Act One of that, and not. Oh, CM Punk keeps winning. Fuck this guy. But they let him do a week of the summer of punk. But Piper, they just let go, like they just let him do whatever. Yeah, which is great. Oh, and then because then of course you're bringing in now it's rock and wrestling. They're putting him now slowly edging him towards Hulk Hogan. That gets into a big sort of brouhaha because one of the big things that Piper does say is, "I am." They want him to lose to Hulk Hogan in the first interaction, and he absolutely refuses. Yeah. Well, the other thing and his point was, I didn't do all this work to be beaten once. And it's a great point. But we want to get to the first thing, which is how he inserts himself in the rock and wrestling condition. Because every part of this, make no mistake, watching this, what, doing this episode, researching for it, make no mistake, a multi-billion dollar empire was is essentially built, built off of Mr. T and girls don't want to have fun. Is girls that want to have a Mr. T and the absolute luck that they got Rowdy Piper at the right time and Hulk Hogan at the right time yeah. and kept them apart for the right amount of time, then put them together and then kept them apart again. Yes. never. They never had a Hogan-Piper blow-up because by the time Hogan... The Hogan-Piper blow-off was a steel cage match in WCW for Halloween Havoc that was a non-title match that's effectively unwatchable. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and that... They had to wait so long for it because Piper wouldn't get near the Hogan rollover machine, right? Um, Which is brilliant, by the way, because it also just made him a unique character in the Fed and that Hogan never beat him. Yeah, he was basically the Undertaker pre the Undertaker. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so well, I just want to get into they ba- uh, Captain Lou Albano and Cindy Lauper have this argument where Albano is like, I'm the only reason girls want to have fun is a big single. And By the way, not planned. Uh, really? No, it was absolutely planned. That'd be Cap- so funny. Captain, Captain Lou was just like, "Fuck it." He's by the way. This you can't. I can't imagine how big of a drunk that guy is. Is when everyone in the Fed was like, "That guy drank too much." It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I'll put elastics in my ears. What? Just do it. There was a time. Appa- I look like a guy partying. There was, was a time, one day too long. There was apparently a time where he was like, "You guys don't know how to blade. You do it like this." And he just took a razor blade and started making like a tic tac toe, fucking cuts on his face. Yeah. And then just for like two weeks, showed up with just a massive wound all over his face. <laughs> I don't know what happened Thursday, but I don't think it was good. <laughs> yeah. Um. So they get in the also. Ring. By the way, one of the holdovers from Vince Senior. The reason why Captain yeah. Lou Albano grilled Monson. There was a couple of guys that were protected under that deal that for some reason Vince honored, which is why they kept bringing him back because they had to pay him anyway. Which is why Lou Albano shows up well into the '90s when he's just a lunatic. <laughs> <laughs> well, it wasn't it. What would you say it would be? Uh, Freddie Blassie, Lou Albano, Gorilla Monsoon. Yeah, and Blassie apparently was also like very much a like steady hand on the wheel. And Monsoon was just a brilliant business guy and had a bunch of money in the company. He was secretly one of the backers. Oh yeah, and yeah, and then Blassie was just like, "You do this." 
Like well, apparently, that's the, that's the thing about that's why I think the, the speed up of Vince McMahon kind of going nuts in the '90s is because he loses all those people. It's like it's kind of weird to do on a Piper episode, but the gorilla position is Vince McMahon now, and like Vince McMahon just Vince gave McMahon. himself all the jobs that he trusted these two dudes with. Yeah, and it's also one of those things where they were also very much as influence like freddie blassie was a guy he went to with a lot of things apparently like yeah the reason why they have that speech in during the invasion angle where blassie comes out and fucking says boo is because apparently he would do that when they were having like issues with them and they're like blassie will talk to them because it's like you want to fucking fuck with someone <laughs> i killed japanese people with one of my matches what are you gonna do <laughs> like, very good very good don't don't fuck with the man whose own children have not spoken to him in 50 years and he seems fine with it. <laughs> um, but I just want to quickly no, outline the... Uh, but it's also, to trace it back also to Piper, is also the reason why Piper could get away with things like, I'm not losing for Hogan, is he had such goodwill with all of those old guys because he was the young boy to all of their friends. So they would go to Vince and go, you know he's right, you have to listen to him. I guarantee that there was a, that actually plays a part in it, is that... All of the brain trust around McMahon trusted Piper more than they would trust Hogan. So if Piper is saying, this is how we're doing it, they are actually going to go to Vince and go, you have to listen to him. And what also makes sense why their relationship got more and more fractious is eventually it just became Vince and Roddy without anyone around Vince to be like, no, he's actually right. He's just phrasing it in a terrible way. He should have told you as opposed to shit in a box and then written the message in his own shit. <laughs> well, well, there's also the main thing where it's like you realize Brody Piper has dada issues. Does he? Really? <laughs> and Vince McMahon, his major play is to call WWE a family. Like you hear about all these guys he tries to get to stay, and he's like, we're a family, and he yeah, tries to be welcome like- Welcome home. He tries to be your weird dad who also was like, you got to work on the farm 18 hours a day because yeah. mommy wants it. He's the he's a wrestler. He's the wrestler's father's in the way that a slave owner was the slave's dad. <laughs> but that's what he thinks. It's like it's this one thing where it's like, well, we'll just convince them a family and then they'll do anything for us, right? So Piper, you can see, is one of those guys where it's like, no, you're the promoter. Yeah, I'm not your friend. You're not my friend. Yeah, there's this slang that Piper's taught, which is the P, which is the promoter. Imagine that. But he calls him. You're just the promoter to me. Like yeah. I don't know how, what Don Owen did to ma- to cross that line, but like there was like basically it's probably something really one Don Owen. Yeah, it's probably also something really weird too. Like ah, I was living in a carpet and he gave me a pillow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Vince McMahon is just clearly like it's a business deal, and the other thing. The other thing is, it's very sorry. It's very clearly a business deal, and the other thing, Piper didn't have a contract for the longest time. He never signed a contract up until I think right before WrestleMania one, because then he was like, he's like, I just want to fuck it, like I can get more money as this gets more popular. But then he was like, oh shit, no, there's also merch and shit. So that's why he started wearing the hot rod shirt and stuff. That's why you see him. Yeah, he switches from the Panther into the hot rod. Yeah, shirt. into the hot rod shirt, and that's why because he signs the contract. Um. But let's get right into the uh, Dave Wolf thing, and then we'll take a break. Dave Wolf, obviously the manager of Cindy Lauper, is basically like, there's a no-touch rule on Cindy Lauper, of course. Uh, Piper comes in. Hogan's there, Albano and Lauper, and then Hogan leaves, so they present this award. Yeah. Piper comes in, starts talking to him, smashes Albano with the award, and then... 
goes to like yelling at Piper. Goes to yell at Lopper, pardon me. L- Lopper, yeah. Did he push Lopper over? Yeah. He pushes Lopper over. Or she trips over. Like there's a way he does it. There's a way he does it where, and then the big angle is like she's lying on top of Lou Albano and then he like lifts her with his foot. But yeah. then Obanso is like, he kicked her. He kicked her. And uh, the other thing I want to say here is that it's, oddly enough, everyone is excellent in this, particularly Cindy Lauper, because she flops like she's fucking dead. Yes. Like, no, it's. Here's, it's a, here's how here, non wrestling performers. My new revised list Kevin Federline, number one. Still number one, always. He's amazing. Well, he's a dancer. Like, he knows how to fucking move. Not, not, no, I don't mean in the ring. I mean on the mic. Kevin Federline. There's two people. When everyone was chanting Cena sucks, there were two people you could put them up against who everyone was cheering for John Cena. Everyone in the crowd. Kevin Federline and Edge. And honest <laughs> to God, Kevin Federline was better that than Edge. <laughs> Kevin Federline. And then I think it's a tie between Cindy Lauper and Freddie Prince Jr. Because he Freddie Prince Jr. took Randy Orton's backbreaker and was like, Oh, I like this business too much. I'm gonna kill my there's there's all right, so uh, George Cormier was a while ago. There's one embedded episode where they're leading up to the fight. And Daniel Cormier and Freddie, Freddie Prince Jr. now hosts a sports radio show in the States. And Man, uh, that guy just falls ass backwards into weird jobs, doesn't he? Because he was a writer for WWE for a bit because they were just all over. Like, Freddie Prince Jr. wants to write for us, and he's like, I love wrestling. But anyway, he shakes Daniel Cormier's hand, and he goes, you like wrestling too? <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's just one of those things where like, and then clearly UFC cut the camera because I don't want these nerds <laughs> talking about Seth Rollins. <laughs> it's great. But uh, but it is wrestling. Cindy Lauper like, was great here because she's just like, I'm dead. She doesn't try and do anything <laughs> but like, I have to sell this angle for some reason. I'm involved in wrestling. It was like a kitschy thing for a while. But like, it was also it was also really, it was also interesting because she knew she was on heavy rotation on MTV. At the time, it looked like the Fed was going to be into a long-term relationship with MTV because yeah. they were... The biggest thing on MTV. Like, they were fucking... They put the Water Set of the Score and... What was the other one? It's Water Set of the Score and... The Brawl to Settle It All. Yeah. Love and Rhymes. Uh, and those two things were like... Oh, MTV now has everyone watching. Because it was a combination of also, at the time, by also including Cindy Lauper, people like Andy Warhol showed up and thought of it as like a postmodernist. Yeah, it was like a real hipster thing in the 80s. It was a real, because it's New York at sort of just before they slowly start cleaning it up. It's the middle of Ed Koch being the mayor. So it's also so many hipster art weirdness going on. And then it's a thing to go see in Madison Square Garden. Yeah. Everyone from New York. Some people have been going for 50 fucking years. Yeah. And then you have Andy Warhol showing up. And Roddy Piper, the great heel, because it's like, this guy means what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he'll just find a way. And for some reason, he's in a dress for no reason. Like, he's just in a kilt. Yeah. Fuck it. I love Scotland, too. And he just says he's from Scotland, even though he's clearly just from the prairies. Like, so couldn't be more from the prairies. Oh, and by the way, they never bring it up. You don't sound like you're from Glasgow. I am, though. <laughs> <laughs> ah, fuck you. Nah, nah, I'm. Uh, Scottish people, we ain't we ain't Scotch. Uh, you know, <laughs> Scotch is what a Scottish man drinks. I uh, usually we do best and worst or whatever before the episode, but I want to pose one question, then we'll go to a break. Is this the best angle in wrestling history? I'd say it's top three. It's probably number two. You can't make a. Ra- 
the idea of having a list of definite, like this number one, this number two, this number three, I think is kind of antiquated. I would say that this is the best planned ag- angle and executed. I don't mean that. I, I mean would like say this segment, like this segment and like the way it worked out. Is it? Oh, the way like that the him singular, cut- him body slamming Dave Wolf, him kicking Cindy Lauper, him hitting Lou Albano with the record. Is that the best? Yes, and I never thought of it as being the best, but as soon as you think about it going, that moment made WrestleMania possible in the hit mm-hmm. that it was. Then that led to WrestleMania 2 so that they could bring back Mr. T and blow it off. That led to that massive crowd at WrestleMania. Like, keep in mind, in the build-up to WrestleMania, it was all anyone was talking about. Like, my mom talks about, she was like, I almost went and watched it in a the movie theater because it was just, everyone was just like, what the fuck? Like yeah, was, what is this thing? Like, what do you mean Mr. T's fighting a guy? And Cindy Lauper's there, too? Yeah. It's kind of a, yeah, it's a weird thing where it's like, you couldn't really, like... Oh, like, uh, holy shit, Kevin Owens beat up Katy Perry, and uh, he, and Kate, and everyone's so mad that Vin Diesel's going to fight him. Yeah, and it's also this is also a time where wrestling was still protected. Like, I'm fine with everyone knows it's fake, but I would just like it's it's like with magic. You know it's not real, but you they, everything is done so you can accurately suspend your disbelief. Mm-hmm. This was when a time when it was, so you still had a people being like yeah it's probably not real but i want to see what's going to happen yeah and piper also had the line which was he would use it during this period where it's like you might think wrestling's fake but you know i'm real which was great yeah and he's just and then he's also appearing everywhere they also the marketing machine because they were in new york is another reason why they could take advantage of it all this is that they were on saturday night live the night before yeah and then that afternoon they go to madison square Garden. it's weird that it was in the afternoon by the way Hey man, I love an afternoon show. It's great. So it was in the dinner, go to bed, middle of the afternoon, boom, and then it fucking all kicks off. By the way, started that morning was not a success. They needed the closed circuit locations to sell out for it to uh, make a profit. All of that was walk up business. Madison Square Garden was sold out. They didn't know it was a pro. uh, It made all the money until afterwards, and then they were like, "Holy fucking shit, we did it." Yeah, I think that saying you'd really have to look at if it's the best singular, like that, like in ring angle is singularly the best. Like, and then you also can go to NWO, you can go. But to then like, also the follow up of then going into Water Set of the Score and um, fucking brawl, Battle, to, yeah, brawl to settle it all or whatever yeah, it was yeah. called. Roddy not losing, and then the. Then transitioning it over to Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff became this very interesting sort of thing where it was like that's putting together the 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 team that's gonna oppose Hogan of one guy he sort of beat, the other guy it was just a count out. So they don't have like there's now a legitimate opposition on both sides. It being not Bob Orton, but it being Mr. Wonderful, who's much more of a physique, that old school classic wrestler in a robe, who just looks like a dick, is perfect up against then Hogan and Mr. T. Because then it looks like it's it's T versus Roddy, Hogan versus Wonderful. And because Roddy was a manager, you could sort of justify to the audience of, oh, he can match with Mr. T. Also, he's like, this guy's not a real athlete. I'm going to beat Mr. the fuck T out of him. Mr. T also had played Clubber Lang in a huge hit, and he was in the A-team playing a badass. So it's like... Yeah, Why and not? He, and also it's not he, like he's it's not like it's fucking. And also he became fam- he became famous because he was he won America's best bouncer. 
Really? Yeah, they did a bouncer competition in Chicago, and he won that, and that's how he got an agent, and then became probably. And plus, he had he ripped as fuck, and he had a great haircut. Yeah, he's looked mean, ripped as fuck, had a great haircut, and he says "woman" better than anyone has ever said in the history of cinema. <laughs> hey, woman! Hey, woman! Yeah. So that this is all setting up, of course, WrestleMania one, the tag match between Mr. T and Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. And Best Mr. part Wonderful. of the tag match, Dylan, for me. The fact that Roddy Piper still hates Mr. T. <laughs> he Well, actually, they made up, which we'll get to after this break. Oh, hey, everybody. Go buy our albums at DylanAgod.com. TheJohnHastings.com. Rate and subscribe to The Wrestler Review. And we're on Twitter and Instagram at Wrestler Review. Remember, every other podcast sucks my asshole. Yeah! What a break that was. So, right now we're getting into, obviously... WrestleMania 1. Yeah. What a day for Vince McMahon. Get me Billy Martin. He's drunk. Uh, there still has never been any explanation as why, Gene, what's with all those rubber bands in your glove compartment, uh, Okerlund, <laughs> was doing singing the national anthem, but I'm sure someone bailed at the last minute. Mr. T almost didn't make the match. And Roddy Piper... Still wants to kill him. Roddy Piper hated Mr. T. And the thing was, there's so much going into this match. And I think Roddy Piper is, you needed that old school, like, Hulk Hogan was like, yeah, whatever, I just want money. You know what I mean? Whereas uh, Roddy Piper thought, because you, like you said before the break, wonderful versus Hogan, Piper versus T. And if you rewatch the match, like, Piper talks about how he didn't want Mr. T to get that much offense in. Yeah. But, like, Mr. T, Roddy Piper does nothing. But then you look at it from the standpoint of, oh, He's fuck, a- it makes him, it delegitimizes him. But by another token, uh, Roddy Piper also had made the chains comment at this point, was it? Was this a comment where he was like, are those the same chains your ancestors I were rem- tied up in? I couldn't remember if that was the build to this match or to the boxing match but I, I don't actually remember the quote but I remember it was basically like you're a slave and I'm not fuck you <laughs> <laughs> some of the build like the one of the the match where the the segment where he shaves the Haiti kid's head is insane oh it's very uncomfortable so uncomfortable like he just well, it's also, by the way, it looks like Mr. T, and it's like this is two people beating up a child. This like, is also my favorite type of heel, which is the bully, big, come out of nowhere, evil heel. Yeah. Also, what do they do? They start all wearing the same T-shirt. I know it's stupid. If you guys are a group, identify yourselves using some sort of weird item. I know it's hokey and bizarre, but it visually works and is important. Yes. The other thing is. Um, the way it works really well is because he's a bully, but he also clearly needs help. And even his heavy is cheating. Yeah. He just has a cast on. He has a cast on all the time and a needless leather vest and also his secret weapon, Hepsi. (laughs) (laughs) So they go into the match and Piper talks about this extensively, but he's like, I'm, we're not trading punches to start. We're just doing amateur wrestling because, uh, that's the thing I can make look the best with yeah. Mr. T. Um, and also, by the way, actually makes sense in logic of Mr. T would have been taught how to wrestle by Jimmy Snooker, who was his supposed trainer. Yeah. Also, Jimmy Snooker, by the way, was sent to the ring just in case Mr. T, for whatever reasons, didn't participate and he was going to sub in. Wow, really? Yeah. 
That's crazy. He almost left because he tried to get two limousines full of people into the back of Madison Square Garden, and they were like, no. And at the last minute, someone saw this and was like, oh, fuck, and got them in. But like, it was fucking trouble all the way up until go. That's crazy. And, oh, the other thing is um, the constant, like, oh, Roddy Piper was racist during this time. Roddy Piper was racist. Gorilla Monsoon repeatedly says, uh, Hulk Hogan's helped Mr. T with the power, and Mr. T has helped Hulk Hogan with the street smarts. Because <laughs> <laughs> he's black, John. I see. He's black, so he knows the streets. The what part of the streets do you need to know no. to body Wait. slam a guy? Tons of them. Yeah. Tons of parts of the streets. The most involved yeah. souples. Yeah. <laughs> the black parts. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the part of the streets that Hulk Hogan learned was big boots. The big boots. The other thing also that I just really enjoy about this match is, um, or the whole p- card in general, is how nervous Jesse Ventura sounds throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Like he's just this timid little cat. You're right, Gorilla. Um, match is very interesting. The way it ends, great. Piper, clearly not involved in the loss whatsoever. He goes yeah. away. Now, the thing I always fucking remember about this is the way that motherfucker walks to the ring is so fucking just, I'm a smarmy motherfucker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Comes His, out with the bagpipes. Bagpipes. Bagpipers. Bagpipers walk out. He's surrounded by cops, literally smiling and looking at the crowd as if to be like, you thought you were going to get to me before the ring, fuckers. Ha <laughs> ha. That's the crazy thing. It sounds weird to say, but that's the weird thing where Roddy Piper, obviously he passed away two years ago. He literally wrestled like a man that was never going to die. Yeah. Up until he had to have a hip replacement. But he legit, no question in this man's mind, oh, I'll just fucking live forever. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, well, what you, what you, what you, you going to do? You fucking useless Ukrainian, I'll fucking never die. Basically, he wrestles the equivalent of Joe Pesci's character in Casino, mm-hmm. which is you hit him with fists, he goes and gets a bat. You come at him with a bat, he goes and gets a knife. You come yeah. at him with a knife, he goes and gets a gun. And if you shoot him, you better kill him because he'll keep coming until you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> and it's so weird that this character got softened because I feel like the 80... For but Piper. it had to. I would actually. I could tell you completely why it had to get softened. Is that it? Apex is here. They can continue it over into WrestleMania too. But then it's so big. But also, there's something really appealing about him. He did have fans even in this point where people are like, "No, that's my guy." Yeah. And then so when they get the switch, which we'll get to in a little while, around WrestleMania three, him going to Adrian Adonis and then retiring, it's that sort of nice goodwill. And then he waves off. And then he's gone for a long time. We're skipping along ahead. WrestleMania match. It is what it is. Bob Orton comes off. Miss hits the cane. Takes it on Mr. Wonderful. They lose. Roddy then basically goes away for a while. Occasionally appears on primetime wrestling. Um, again, to make fun of Vince McMahon. A very important thing about this match, though, is because I thought you were going to say this is the way he enters the match, but the way he exits the match is you didn't get me. Holy fuck. Because he flips the fucking, uh, he fixed the fucking superfly thing. Double superfly on the way out. And him and Bob Orton are gone. And then that's how they set up the Mr. Wonderful versus Piper thing. Matches because you abandoned Wonderful, me. Mr. Wonderful wakes up and he's like, where the fuck are my friends? Because Piper was like, I'm not fucking, fuck this. And it's just kind of like the one thing where it's like, oh, well, you know, the Riddler escaped. The Joker escaped. 
Yeah. Ha-ha. And that's the other thing. He's very much modeled. He's just like, he's perfect for that time because you can understand like Hulk Hogan is Batman and Roddy Piper essentially plays the racist Joker. Yeah. He's just like, and there's just little well, things. Well, this is like the 19, 1966 Batman and, and then yeah. he just plays the Joker. <laughs> well, uh, and there's just little things like um, in a bunch of interviews, Mean Gene Oakland is just like not even going to hold a microphone for him. He's like, you take this, I'm gone. Like, yeah, he uh, specifically says I have guy. to go to the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that... I have to go to the bathroom and flagellate myself because I was a bad boy. I let her live. I let her live. I have a bunch of Polaroids of some things I did, and let me say, I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) Everyone, we are coming at you live from the Cow Palace in San Francisco, where I use glory holes not for fucking, but for watching. (laughs) I'm currently in a contract dispute with the makers of the movie Seven because that's my biography, (laughs) goddammit. You look a bit pudgy. Would that be gluttony, sir? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have a camera crew with him whenever he's talking to these people? Oh, yeah, he has a camera crew. <laughs> he has one dead man that he's stuffed that he's convinced everyone. And he's got like a yeah. <laughs> he's got like a trigger that presses record. And we're back. Um, we can't really stress enough how much Roddy Piper hated Mr. T because he thought Mr. T took the business for granted when in reality he's like yeah it's another acting gig but Roddy Piper was like no it's a fucking not but also Roddy Piper's point is well what the fuck's paying you and what the fuck's also keeping you relevant and famous in the hottest period of wrestling has ever had in the number one market in America because again it's a pre-cable time there was New York was the cool town LA was the show business business town and Mr. T was doing the fun hipster thing in New York constantly being mentioned was also constantly featured on NBC on Saturday nights because this is also when the Saturday night main event started coming mm-hmm. up, all that sort of stuff. Like they kept him in the fucking, um, in they the kept eye. him rev- relevant and also yeah. kept the network happy because fucking NBC the A team was an NBC show, I believe. Sure, I think it was. It would make sense. It seems that it more was. like a CBS, but maybe that's just my ninety because like I think of sh- cheesy action and I just think of Walker Texas exactly, Ranger. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, he's keeping everything. Or the even better. This is the martial law. Uh, well, that was Samuel Hung. <laughs> uh, Mr. T is uh, by the clearly way, it was, it was cresting cow- and going down. Uh, Cindy Lauper is at the height of her fame, and wrestling is this like hipster thing, and it's got everyone a part of it because it's like, uh, Mr. T is like the perfect ironic. Oh yeah, he's big. Like he comes in the WrestleMania one, fucking huge. He's got. F- he's so ripped. Yeah. And then we move into WrestleMania two. After Piper's done with Orndorff. And they go into the boxing match for some reason. Mr. T is A, very obviously wearing lifts. And B, has not even seen... A gym in a while. Yeah. He's that weird... He's he's bulkier, I should say. He might be bulkier, but whatever, like... But in WrestleMania 1, he is fucking... Ripped. It's fucked. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. it's not... It's also one of those things where uh, they were pretty sure Piper was going to fucking just beat the shit out of him well that's the the story is that they they Piper tape, was like they taped his his fists into his gloves yeah they taped his fists into his gloves and the other thing is piper was just looking for the go-ahead from Vince man he's like i'm gonna knock this guy out in two rounds like just let me knock him out like, yeah please want to knock him out and then as soon as he got th- we'll talk about the match in a bit but as soon as he got through the curtain mcmahon was like why didn't you just knock him out in two rounds <laughs> and then but he smiled as when he said it because he was like you fucking knew I would have. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Because that—that's what Roddy's whole thing was. Is that this is Mr. T? 
yeah, you got your win over me. You got to look great in WrestleMania 1. Now this is, I'm the regular wrestler here. I'm the regular wrestler. You have to go down. Like I don't care if I get the body slam you when it's a DQ. Um, so if you've ever seen the match. Well, there's a couple of problems with the as, match. I think it's as good as it could have been. Other than, that, other than the massive, massive miss, botch. The massive botch that Roddy, the Piper fucking got so mad. Because the other thing is. Because he also took it. Because the thing is with yeah. Roddy, of, as much as he's a wild lunatic, he's also like, in the ring is sacrosanct. I will protect you. Yes. I will do what we have agreed on doing. So he takes a massive botch. Basically what happens is T throws a wild punch, clearly doesn't hit him. Roddy reacts. Exactly. As if he hit him. Yeah. And it's horrifically noticeable. And one of those things that you can't even really edit around because then it's just like, what happened there? If there's like a foot, a yeah. foot between them. It's really, really bad. And Mr. T is so exhausted so quickly. Yeah. Apparently for this match as well is that uh, uh, one, what Roddy took as a rib was that he actually did boxing training because the thing is to even fake a boxing match, you still have to keep your hands up. And if anyone at home could do this right now, Legit, just put your fists up and do that for 30 seconds. And then you'll realize how fucking tired your arms are after 30 seconds of that, right? And so, also do that while running around. Yeah, and and like moving side to side, right? So even to pretend you're at a boxing match, you kind of have to train for it. So he trained with Lou Duva, who's like a actually famous uh, boxing trainer. And every person he uh, trained with was a black heavyweight. And, of course, this is uh, leading up to the match, him being like, oh, you like bananas, don't you? That's because you don't count as a man. <laughs> you know what I mean? And so he's like, oh, this is fun. I'm going to get the living fucking shit kicked out of me. So he gets the shit kicked out of him for six weeks. Uh, he goes through this match. Uh, Mr. T's training, quote, unquote, with Joe Frazier. And that's another thing. He's like, this guy fucking never took this shit seriously. Um, he was like so exhausted 30 seconds in, which is part of why the botch happens because Mr. T can't fucking can't connect and he can't keep up yeah. with him. He's supposed to play tired, but it's like to play tired effectively. You almost have ha to be really, really yeah, well exactly. trained. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise you're just like, oh, this guy's visibly tired and can't do shit. It's also why you can also see how frustrated Roddy gets is when he fucking hucks the stool. Yeah. At him. That's not planned. And Mr. T's like, what the fuck? Dude? Yeah. <laughs> Cause it's not like that was a fake stool. And it's also not like he was like, oh, he, I'm going to throw a piece of wood at this fucking guy. And hits him in the shin. Yeah. Which is like, to not go, ow. Well, he also, how ballsy it is, because, all right, Roddy Piper's got Lou Duva, who is a 70-year-old man. 70-year-old white man in the corner. He's got that cowboy Bob. That's next to the thing. In the other corner is Joe Frazier. Smoking Joe Frazier. <laughs> who would just come up and be like, oh, you're both dead. Yeah, like, but you understand that. So fast. But again, I go back to it as, yes, that's true, and he probably was aware of it, but in Roddy's head, he's like, oh, yeah. He'll kill me, but then he'll go home and find out I got to his family first. <laughs> <laughs> then he'll find out I poisoned him with yeah. my face. Yeah, like he literally, his wife was just in a car in front of Joe Frazier's family's house, and when she got the word, she'd just walk in with a machete and then <laughs> just leave a headshot of Roddy Piper on the doormat. Like, I'm so sorry there, boys. Yeah, guys, yeah, I'm, re yeah, yeah. I'm really sorry here, but Rod, he's just, he got, he goes a little overboard and you got to stick with your own. Not in a race, <laughs> racial way, of course i'm just referring to a family way i why am i talking to you you're already dead yeah i i'm <laughs> talking to some dead bodies gene come in yeah your souls of <laughs> course are hanging above in the air which is why i'm communicating with you okay 
Gene, come in and do what you like. Gene. <laughs> <laughs> now Gene's going to have he calls his uh, fun house time. <laughs> That's another thing I dispute. The devil's rejects was just me. <laughs> I did that. Everyone thinks having sex with the neck wound is sexual. It's not. It's a way to open up that area <laughs> so you can keep change there. <laughs> Gross. So I guess we're never doing a mean gene. Oh, I think. No, we just edited all these things out, and I, I was like, and plus he was a ring announcer. I think we're doing a six-part mean gene. <laughs> People wonder why I drink in the morning, and that's because I want to try and not sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I drink in the morning to forget what I did two hours ago. Yeah. Kevin Nash thinks he's a big man. Who do you think keeps giving his son drugs? <laughs> <laughs> Everyone asks, well, how did Scott Hall get addicted to that stuff? Two words, Gene Okerlund. <laughs> when you put it in his water without him knowing for years, eventually he develops a taste for it. <laughs> Gross. Um, I have Bobby Heenan's jaw on my mantelpiece. <laughs> oh, no, John. I told him it was cancer, but I just hired an actor. <laughs> oh, no. Why are we doing a Roddy Piper thing when we're just talking about me, Gene Okerlund, <laughs> sports serial killer? Boxing match, all sort of resolves. Going after the boxing match, there's still Piper's pits. He's doing that sort of stuff. And he's clearly now sort of, he's bumped down and they've moved into the Hulk Hogan versus the idea of the famine type style of booking yeah. Hulk Hogan. Well, because that's what they do. They immediately pivot from having Piper, oh, is Hogan going to catch up on them, to Hogan versus Monsters, which is the rest of the 80s. And by right? the way, the best monster was the first monster, which is King Kong Bundy. Yes. because And they do things like, they break Hogan in half, and then yeah. they do a steel cage match that's so weird. You didn't really have much. And the other funny thing is, like, Bundy's like 23, 24 at that time. So it's this really weird thing where they crest his usage really quickly, like, kind of like what they did with the giant in WCW, where it's like, now this 23 year old guy's already lost his first big feud. Enjoy the rest of your career, my friend. Yeah. Um, but I want to say this. Next year, you're going to fight two little people and Hillbilly Jim. <laughs> what is the whole thing? It's like how they book monsters, man. Oh, you lost your big fight. Now you're down the card so fucking fast. Yeah. Um, Nothing better. Th Mike Awesome. What's that? You hurt Kevin Nash? Put on that 70s suit and dance with fat women. <laughs> yeah. You like fat chicks in the 70s now. Um, I like fat chicks as well, Mike, but I like them for eating. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, they're crunchy. Uh, so I keep their fat in a garbage bag underneath my bed. <laughs> <laughs> serial killer Gene Okerlund. Really is a character that needed to be brought to light. I gotta say, serial killer Gene Okerlund is so much fun because it's like Vince McMahon but with murder. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the other important thing is you can hear this on the tape is second round they start chanting for Roddy Piper. Essentially, this yeah. is Roddy Piper's face turn because it's people are like, "Fuck, we're fucking this guy. tired of Mr. T." Roddy Piper is also performing circles around this dude because you don't have. The thing about breaking him off from Hogan is Hogan is a strong enough performer that he can make the crowd hate Piper, but with just Piper and just He's Piper, so charismatic. Yeah. And also, they're in... I believe that's the one that's in Nassau Coliseum? Yes. Cause yeah, because there's three main events for WrestleMania, too. Uh, All in different places. So Rosemount was the wrestlers versus football players. LA was Hogan Bundy, so that one's in Nassau Coliseum. So he's also yeah. in New York in a building they play regularly. So they've also seen this fucking guy. Yeah. And human beings aren't that much different. 
Mr. T is also clearly one of those people who's like, he'll be famous for three years. At the beginning, everyone will love him. Then you're like, it's fine. Now it's someone shave this mohawked fuck's head. Yeah, like the WrestleMania one yeah, came at like, kind of the cresting and downward period of Mr. T's within, popularity. Within two years of this match, Mr. T is starring in a, a Canadian-produced legal drama called TNT. Are you serious? If you did, do, you, do you remember TNT from when we were kids? He's a social worker, and whenever things got really bad, then there was just a montage of him putting on a badass bunch of clothing in a locker room. <laughs> yeah, this is a full three years after Rocky Three. Yeah, so it's already like it's done. Yeah. Bye uh, bye bye bye. I'm gonna try and see if the A team was off the air. I'm gonna say I want I I want a TNT. By the way, anyone listening right now, please go and watch TNT. It's such a bag of shit. Oh, the A team was. This is right in the middle of the A team. Uh, because eighteen was eighty three to eighty seven, so we're still prime time, Mister T. But he, but Mister Piper obviously does not like Mister T. Feels like he doesn't respect the business, um, and a myriad of other things, which is like don't let an actor beat a fucking wrestler, especially one that's that you know that small. Um, so he le he left, uh, and came back, of course, as a face because anyone who leaves comes back as a face. Yeah. And this is when he gets in the feud with Adrian Adonis. Adrian Adonis. No, because so he leaves. Now, as he leaves, then Adrian Adonis takes over Piper's pit and turns it into the flower shop. Yeah, and they tried a bunch of segments like this. They tried a Jesse Ventura one, which is the body shop, yeah. which was so bad. Of course, it was. The only good thing that came out of it was Dino Bravo doing a weightlifting thing, and Jesse clearly helps him doing it. But his point was, I'm a bodybuilder as well. I know much how much weight I was helping him lift. <laughs> here's the thing i love no here's the kind of thing that's kind of gets misconstrued is people think that an interview segment is the piper's pit was great and that okay so interview segments like this work it's not that it's that in that time and this is why i think interview segments don't work anymore is because in that time you needed a reason to have a guy talk for five minutes you don't need that anymore. No. So that's why this antiquated notion where it's like, oh, so we'll use the flower shop, we'll do the body shop. It's like, no, it wasn't the segment. Like, it's not the an interview segment that works. It's Roddy Piper, Piper. doing yeah. the interview. That, like, By the way, they discovered that in 1986, and they are still trying to figure it out. No, 84. First Piper's Pit's in 84. No, 84 is Piper's Pit, but I mean, they, they oh, tried yeah. to make the sequels to it. They're like, wait a minute. Yeah, it doesn't work. They finally settle on the flower shop. By the way, Adrian Adonis, by the way, is like, kids are one of those really badass wrestlers, but also was just a lunatic. Yeah. And his idea was like, I think I'm a pretty woman. And yeah. they're okay. He gets, so basically, Vince thinks he's signing this like fucking sleek badass. Adonis gains a bunch of weight. Then he's like, well, now your gimmicks that you're gay, cross-dressing yeah. fucking loser. You're an evil gay man. You're basically what? You're Pat Patterson. <laughs> <laughs> your gimmick is Pat Patterson and you're fighting Roddy Piper because, oh no. Yeah. Um, but Adonis In the trigger warning match. <laughs> <laughs> but Adonis and Piper have uh, been a tag team before when they were 22 and they were called the 22s. Um, were they really? Yeah, they were like this crazy badass tag team uh, where they were both like, they kind of went through uh, heel and babyface turns, obviously. Um, 
so Adonis basically um, is agreeing to do the job because it's like his best friend. You know what I mean? It's yeah. another one of Body Piper's like. It's also one of those, but they're building it up to be, it's his retirement match, but they don't really say it. The way they bring him back in is he's doing the flower shop. The flower shop is shit and really like annoying and bad. Jimmy Hart's, this is the best Jimmy Hart. Jimmy Hart ever is because he's an annoying weasel manager. Yeah, Jimmy Hart is great if you stop it. it if you stop tape ninety one. Yeah, Jimmy Hart's great, but it's then like Jimmy Hart, Hulk Hogan, super friend is so n- not necessary. Yeah, once when once it started being like Hulk Hogan and my band of people, I made them hire. Yeah, you know, and yeah, other people that need jobs, they're my <laughs> friends. Um, he shows up at the flower shop and just. I don't know where he found this. It's basically he finds a metal stick and then just breaks the set while yelling. Because he's Roddy Piper. Because he's Roddy Piper and it's the best. Yeah. Um, shows up, builds up towards a hair versus hair match mm-hmm. at WrestleMania 3. Now, WrestleMania 3 is sort of the apex of the last three years. The seeds that were planted by Roddy Piper in that Cindy Lauper match have blossomed into a massive stadium show mm-hmm. that's so big they have to fucking get these little carts to take people to the ring. Mm-hmm. Roddy Piper, I'm sure didn't real. I'm sure did this intentionally, which is he's one of only two people who walks to the ring. The other one is Hulk Hogan. So he walks to the yeah. ring, takes for fucking ever, gets to the ring. All they're saying is even both Jesse and Gorilla on commentary both talking about how it's sad that this is probably his last match. Yeah, Gene Oakland talks about it. He's not a hundred percent definite, but he's like, I'm taking some time away. Gets in the match. It's fine. It's not the greatest match, but there's. Like, the crowd is so into it because they're like, that guy's back and we can finally cheer him and he's great. Puts the sleeper on him and then Bruce the Barber Beefcake comes in and helps him shave Adrian Adonis' head. And then Piper basically rides into the sunset and isn't seen for two years. And the other thing about that is he gives Brutus Barber Beefcake the barber gimmick. Yeah. Like, that's the first... Brutus (laughs) Brutus Beefcake was classic 80s wrestler. It's implied I'm a male hooker, but not explicitly said. Why am I good or bad? I don't know. Does your wife want dick? Then I'm good. Well, he was part of the Dream Team managed by Johnny Valiant. On WrestleMania 3, by the way, there's a Dino Bravo preview where... Dino Bravo? They don't know who he is. <laughs> Dino Bravo, where Dino Bravo says something, and then Johnny Valley just goes, A casquette! <laughs> <laughs> Great. Um, it is, WrestleMania 3 is such a weird watch because there's, you can see, it's sort of the lingering time of all the rated guys, and then mm. that's sort of the beginning of the call of those guys end up going back to the NWA. They can't handle the schedule that Vince is imposing on them, and all the weird, like, stop trying to bleed stop trying to start a feud over the fact he stole some hay from you like (laughs) it's the last pay-per-view that more than one guy has the gimmick of a cowboy that yeah wrestlemania 3 and then in the next two to three years you get the influx of people like the real really good shit oddly where it's like this is the maturation of Ted DiBiase. This is the maturation of Mr. Perfect. Even even Jake Roberts. Jake Roberts, yeah. It begins at WrestleMania 3. Uh, Macho Man. Macho Man. This is the match. Because then it, that builds up into WrestleMania 4. Yeah. Honky Tuck Man refuses to lose the belt. Macho Man. And they then build to the Mega Powers. By the way, and then and Roddy's gone. He is in Hollywood. Yeah. He's making They Live. He's possibly learning to speak to his children as they are not furniture, which he originally thought they were just furniture. <laughs> um. Yeah, like this is, the, by the way, the first time in this man's adult life that he's not like, tomorrow I drive somewhere and drink. Like, he has to stay <laughs> in his fucking house for a minute. 
Yeah. Um, well, he immediately gets the live, which is why he takes the time off. Um, which is the interesting thing because, like, this is a real like this is the first feud they give Piper where it's completely a Piper showcase where it's like no doubt this guy's gonna win. He's just talking circles around this guy who doesn't care anymore. Yeah. Like. Adon- Adrian Adonis, for as good as he was, like coming up, has checked out completely. Like he was great. He's now the he's- only guy, by the way, I've ever seen whose trunks are threadbare. If you watch him in this match, <laughs> Adrian Adonis is wearing these weird pink trunks that clearly have like lint from recently being wa- like washed. Like it's so weird. Because I think it was like he just didn't care. Like I think Adrian Adonis is one of those cases where it sounds sad to say, consider, well, considering we've done Mean Gene Ogreland serial killer act outs, what isn't sad? <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, he's one of those dudes, I think he just had depression. I think he was just depressed for some reason. And, and also, like, oh, fuck. Rampant cocaine use. Yeah. He gained tons of weight, cocaine use, like, yeah. He, his body, and then him and Piper obviously got on it, and Piper was like, Outlived his life expectancy of the week after this show, essentially. Um, but they live comes out and uh, they live sleeper hit. If you haven't seen it, see it. Uh, it made about ten million. The like made like gross was ten million. Yeah, it was. It's an interesting movie. I find the most interesting part that there were like no auditions. We have to get Roddy Piper to play this drifter who knows how to use a gun. <laughs> well, apparently John Carpenter was a big wrestling fan. Yeah, he was a big wrestling fan and also just thought he could talk around him and also could. He thought he was aware it was a cheesy type of movie. He was going for sort of a pulpy 1950s sci-fi movie but in the 80s and he needed someone with gravitas who could just say wacky shit and get away with it. And get away with it. And the other thing that Piper is because I wanted to mention this which is uh, we'll, we'll end the episode after this uh, huge point that we'll do best and worst. Roddy Piper is one of those dudes who, up until recently, has been fashionable to be a wrestler on screen. By which I mean, how The Rock like thought he had to lose weight to go to Hollywood, and then it turned out, oh no, I need to do more steroids than I have ever done in my life. By the way, if one more person goes do The Rock diet, it'll work. It's like you mean just do steroids. He's doing steroids. <laughs> you mean get up at three a.m. and inject, and then work out till three p.m. and then and then post on Instagram that you're the god is real. Um, yeah, only eat cod and talk about how you know someone who killed Osama <laughs> bin Laden. Because they did this thing where it's like they used to do this thing where wrestlers would be like, "Oh, John Cena's a cop." Like, John Cena, he's not a cop. How how the fuck am I supposed to believe Robert Patrick has got anything for, the, for this dude when he has to be in a scene by himself because he is it's the the frame. Yeah, yeah. You need to go to landscape anytime. John Cena's thing, and the the thing about Piper that oddly enough if he would have seen this transition coming sooner, I think he would have been able to adjust to is like, if, I'm sorry, the reason why he could stop doing steroids essentially is because he slimmed down and he was like a big dude for being a dude. He didn't need to be but he was for a being a wrestler. wrestler. Yeah. So when he's like, it's this weird puffed up phase that Piper goes through in the mid eighties where he's got to be like, he's on steroids, but it's not even like, he's not even got a six pack. He's just puffed up because he needs to be as wide as these dudes. And then when he goes to, they live, it's like, yeah, he slims I right down. He added like probably an extra five, 10 years on his life just because he was like, he was out of it. Also that was probably not drinking as much. Cause he wasn't, you know, having to talk to Don Morocco. He wasn't hanging out with his enablers, which is anyone. Anyone? Yeah. Roddy, I don't know what to tell you this. Um, just do some cocaine and stop talking to me about the match. Yeah. <laughs> Anyone. Yeah. Stop just screaming in your sleep, Daddy, why don't you love me? <laughs> oh, I just won't sleep then, mate. Um, the other one last point I want to make is also because he also skipped out on this, it's it's 
it's also how he taught and learned how to that he was important to wrestling. Wrestling was not important to him. Yes. And that he that proves that he is a palpable part of selling out that house. One of the things that spiked sales was Roddy Piper coming back in. Yes. Boosted it. Now he was also a part of the build for the Hulk Hogan Andre the Giant match. They did a special Piper's pit. They did a special Piper pit, and that's where, where it was with him and Jesse Ventura. Jesse Ventura said, "I can get Andre to face um, Hogan." And he went, "All right, next week we'll do this again." Came out Hogan and Andre. Hogan's given an award for. Um, uh, they do the whole thing. Hogan's given a big award. This gold. Andre's is smaller, and Jesse's like, "I think that's some sort of." I think that's a slight brass. And, yeah. And then just like, goes and then nuts. the next week he shows up with Bobby Heenan and Hulk Hogan cries on television. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but it's also, like, but that's also one of those things where it also mends that gap. And it goes like now that they, these two respect each other and like, and, and Andre or and Roddy's like, you got, you can take down this guy. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like it has that implication to it. It's very interesting. Yeah, and Piper's interesting in that, like, um, for kids, they watch Hulk Hogan. Like, obviously, we watched Hulk Hogan. was like, that's our dude. But for adults watching it, they were like, that Roddy Piper is great. Because it's like, Piper was so much more genuine. Ah, yeah, what you going to do? Okay. <laughs> well, so Piper was just so much more genuine than Hogan. And he, like, every every one of his promos ended with, like, an action movie line. It was like, yeah. I, the one where he's like, I'm the kind of guy that'll throw you a rope, but I'll throw you both ends. <laughs> he just... Because you'll you'll die. Um, so what's the best and worst thing about Roddy Piper during this period, John? The best thing is the Cindy Lauper moment. The way that that was yeah. orchestrated and how he carried that through, and then also kept that heat and retained it, and then yeah, all of that was the best. Yeah, that ain't because like uh, I just I guess I'll just say his Mr. T boxing match because how bad would that have been if Roddy Piper wasn't in it? Oh my god! Because I was going to say my worst thing is the botch in the Mister T boxing match. But your no, point, that's for sure. That's also the but. But like, he just kind of like. But that's yeah. a great point of imagine that without him, it would be an unwatchable bag of shit. Yeah, Piper. The worst thing I think in this period is the fact that Piper. It sounds weird, but he doesn't really get to. He doesn't work with that many people that on a big stage that can match him for charisma. Oddly, like they don't really stick him with like like. Did he really feud with Jake the Snake? No, but it's also one of those things where they were never really there at the same time to work. Like Jake the Snake is apexing just as Roddy leaves. Yes, he comes back. They're both bebefesses coming yeah. to WrestleMania Five. But like at WrestleMania Five, he shows up, does that one Piper's pit with Morton Downey Jr. and uh, Bruce Prichard. Yeah, is gone again. Then comes back in the lead up to WrestleMania Six. Mm-hmm. But and then is full time for a bit. Then goes on to color commentary for about a year and then comes back like i don't think piper faces someone who could feasibly beat him until like bret hart that's why the bret hart thing is so interesting but they're also so different it's true and and especially at that point he's just piper's now this tanned thin kind of like older statesman guy Mm -hmm. while brett's this like young buck kind of edgy weirdo in a leather jacket (laughs) yeah like we'll get to that run but the best thing about that is the promo right before it you see that Brett, and it puts over, we don't know who's going to win this, is that um, that Piper is being jokey and stuff like that, and then Brett goes over the line, and for no reason at all, Piper just has a belt wrapped around, a piece of, a fucking roll of tape wrapped around in his face, and go, oh, fucking guys, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
best line in any Roddy Piper pay-per-view or uh, promo ever is, oh, yeah, you know, we used to hang out together. I'd come over to your mom's house, and she, she'd make a sandwich, you know, just one piece of bologna, but that's okay. I was hungry. <laughs> <laughs> No, because that's the that's the fun thing about yeah. Though we'll get into the Brett and Piper feud, but there's this weird thing where Piper really kind of only did showcase matches for himself, um, and he was just this different part of the show. Almost like he almost in a weird way replaces Andre pretty much immediately after the it's WrestleMania a, two thing, where it's like he's absolutely amazing point. And then from him, he then that becomes the Undertaker. That's exactly, yeah. Because they do, we'll get this in the next episode, but they try and do a passing of the guard, essentially, of that, where they're like, we'll, we'll get into that. But yeah, there's this, uh, yeah. There's also a lot of missteps coming up, which is his weird time as a color commentator. Yes. The time that he just overtly mentions cocaine at the beginning of the Survivor series. Oh, oh, by the way, we're, so this next episode we're doing is Piper the Sp- Bought years and do we want to do WCW in this one as well or do we want to do WCW? Uh, let's see how far we're gonna get because it's this is the next one's gonna be WrestleMania f- basically Return of WrestleMania five. The let's en- do this. Uh, All right, let's until do the end of the Fed years. This is his Fed years when he's a spot wrestler for the Fed, and then we'll do WCW, and the last one will be WCW and his because. All right, Brett feud. Great. This is also the Gold Dust feud. Oh yeah, no. This one's gonna be Jerry its own Lawler. It's its feud. own episode, absolutely. Its own episode yeah. because I forgot. There's the Gold Dust one. There's the the Jerry Lawler feud. Mm-hmm. There's the him being a color commentator and it being terrible. Mm-hmm. Him dressing up like a black guy. Bad news, Brown. There is so much racism and homophobia that him being a good guy against a dude who just was like, "I like to wear a dress." Fuck you. Fuck you. That's not a kilt. Fuck What's you. What's interesting At is... he has a reason for it. He's overtly racist and homophobic after years of subtly disguising it. Oh, and also, we're... This is the... This is also him helping Virgil and the whole weird fucking... Where he did the Bad News Brown thing and then to make up for it, they like... He was like, I emancipated the slaves. Virgil. Um, and the Morton Downey Jr. thing where they just, for spite, go 15 minutes on WrestleMania. So that's a lot uh, of shit. They go a lot longer than 15 minutes. Yeah. That segment is the worst. <laughs> so there's a lot of shit. So that's You had all sorts of warts on your face. What did you do with the warts, Morton? I gave them to a homeless warthog. I didn't know your girlfriend was homeless. <laughs> <laughs> so, I hate that I could probably do that entire segment myself. I could literally do all of the voices. <laughs> this is I love you. It's beautiful. So this is, this next one will be 1989 till 1996 until his leaving for WCW and feuding with the NWO for those two last matches with Hulk Hogan. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. Also, the thing you have to look forward to in the WCW years, of course, are uh, reality checks. Yeah, that's exactly what I was about to bring. I am your reality check. Oh, God, so bad. He really jumps the shark then. Anyway, so that's that. And then uh, we'll do the rest of the Fed years. Next week, bye-bye. We love you. I don't love you. The views expressed in Piper's Pit, those of Rowdy Roddy Piper himself and those of his guests, and not necessarily those of us here on the World Wrestling Federation Network. With that in mind, we take you now to Piper's Pit. Being, being, being the kind of person that I am, and I like to give everybody a fair break. What I'm doing out of the kindness of my heart, I have a gentleman here named Frank Williams. 
First of all, I don't know where you come from. I'm from Columbus, Ohio. From Columbus, Ohio. I've wrestled in Columbus, Ohio. I've never lost a match in Columbus, Ohio. Have you ever lost a match? Yeah. You have. See, it's, it seems odd to me when you're talking about fighting careers and a career like my myself, uh, I, I went on the premise of never having to lose a match. I've never lost a match in my whole career. I've had different things happen to me, but I have never actually lost a match because I figured once you were defeated one time, that it would take that oomph away from you that you needed. Yourself, you're just the opposite. I have never seen you win a match in my whole career of watching you, and I've seen you've been around. You've fought some tremendous fighters. I've seen what you've done, but you, you lack the guts. You lack the authority to go in there. You lack the guts, and when you're against the ropes, what you do is instead of going after a man, you just back off from him, maybe a little cowardism, maybe what you do, maybe you should be making pieces. I'm not a coward of nobody, I'm not afraid of nobody, otherwise I won't wait be Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second, just relax, relax. This is, this is verbal, this is not physical. Pieces or something like that, maybe... I said, I'm not afraid of nobody, I'm always in that ring, no matter what. I got no room for nobody. You got no room for nobody. That's a wonderful thing. You got no room for nobody, but you're a lousy wrestler. It's as simple as that. I might be a lousy wrestler, but I'm still in there. I got not afraid of nobody. They think they got the answers. I change the question. Very simple. All of a sudden, we got a bunch of people writing in. This guy here comes, I don't know, maybe comes sniveling to the, uh, sniveling to the people, comes and cries, Roddy Piper didn't give me a chance to say nothing on the bit. Hmm. Roddy Piper didn't give me a chance to do nothing. You want a chance, everybody wants to be like Roddy Piper. You want a chance, you want a chance to say something, brother? I'll tell you what, man, here you go. Take the little microphone, there you go, there you go. Put it in the little greasy paws. You want to do something, then you go ahead, you say exactly what you want to say to these people. You can do it. Just a second, I want you to, wait a second, I want to make you feel at home. Before we start, you want to be the big shot. You want to do all the talking, you want to really think all these people, Got yourself a pineapple. Watch you feel at home. Watch you feel like the Fiji Islands. Kind of like the women, you know? Kind of long, frosty hair on top, round on the bottom. Got your pineapple. You want to be a happy person? What do you want, huh? What do you want? Do you want bananas? You want to talk? Go ahead and talk, huh? Go ahead and talk. Wait a second, wait a second, wait a second. Wait, 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 wait. wait. You want bananas? Do you want bananas? We got bananas. Here we go. You want bananas? Have yourself a banana. Huh? This is what you want. You want to talk? You ain't saying nothing. What's wrong, huh? You want to come up here like a big shot? What do you want? You want coconuts. Here I went. I got your coconuts. Ah, I just like there you go. More coconut. for you to climb up and down like a monkey, like you want to do. You want to be a big shot, I'll get you a tree next time. You want a banana, have a banana. What do you want, man? You think, oh, man. Am I making fun of you? Oh, no, sir. No, sir. No, sir. Ah!
the most successful shows ever possibly in the history of shows and of course I'm creeping up on the back of uh, Mr. T I can tell you that because it's got it written right here on the back of your chair Mr. T hello I know you can hear me and I don't mean to bother you my name's Hot Rod of course you know who I am and I know who you are because your name's written on the back of the chair and I'm assuming that that's there so you don't get lost they told me to come down here and talk to you because what you got here is this great successful show then you guys are portraying these bad guys and they wanted to know since I am a bad guy actual in real life and I do beat people folks up for a living what they wanted to know they kind of wanted to know how does it feel to be portraying someone like myself well you ain't nothing man Oh, oh, why do we all? Because I don't have a chair with my name on it? Excuse me, I don't need one, because I can take any chair I want to take. I ain't nothing. What are you talking about? Hey, man, I see what you've been doing on TV, man. You've been fighting them little wimps. What I do is for real. Wimps? What? That's right, wimps. Oh, what are you talking about, wimps? I'll let this take a look at you. Wimps, let me see wimps. The only wimp I can think of is uh, uh, Cindy Lauper's manager, Dave Wolf. Uh, He's a wimp. Yeah, yeah, speaking about Cindy Lauper, she happened to be my friend. We go out together sometime. Oh, I like her singing. Oh, and I heard about what you did to her in Madison Square Garden. Oh, I don't like that at all. Oh, you don't like That's that? That's why you call you yourself tough, because you, you, you can punch on a lady? Wait, 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 wait. I am an equal opportunist. Let's put it this way. Let's take a look at you. Here you are. You shave your head on both sides. She dyes I her orange. What you're I doing is you're supporting all these wonderful children. Yes, now, how can they look up to you with you looking like that, her with long hair? The children of American today must be sick. To look at someone. Hey, Mr. Hey, 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 h